Today on First Lady and Friends, I had a great conversation with Stephen Lefevre, a dear friend. We go way back, but he is now the chief of staff at World Trade Center, Utah. And uh, we've been on some great trade missions together. And we talk about that. We talk about Ukraine and a lot of other really important things that are going on in the space. Uh, can't wait for you to take a listen. Let's get proximate. back here on First Lady and Friends, and it's been a wild summer, and we've spent some time traveling, and I've had a great adventure. Um, we did a trade mission, and honestly, uh, it, those are really hard work. They're crazy. They're going all the time, and I've got somebody here who's been on this trade mission with me, uh, with us, and and doing just as hard of work, harder work, because he goes out a lot earlier. Stephen Lefevre, Chief of Staff to World Trade Center. Let's let's get into this, Stephen. How are, how are you doing? How are you recovering from the trade mission? You know, now it's been a few weeks, so I think we're in a good spot. I know you had a, a wild ride uh, across the whole uh, experience yourself, so I think we're both back into the swing now. It's summer in Utah, and we've got all the 24th festivities coming up this weekend, so looking forward to it. Yeah, we, we both kind of missed the entire month of June traveling, but um, we're back now and and, and now it's hot. It, we left and it was cold and we came back and it was uh, burning up. That is true. It, it turns out we are still in a desert, you know? <laughs> it turns out. Turns out, although we did get a little rain yesterday. Happy day. <laughs> um, yeah, let's talk. First of all, let's talk about Stephen. Stephen and I go way back because, um, Stephen, you were the... Uh, what was your title? Aide-de-camp. Aide-de-camp. He was the aide-de-camp to the, the lieutenant governor, uh, Spencer Cox, <laughs> my husband. And so we've known Stephen for a long time. And so it was really great. We got to know each other many years ago. And then you moved on from that position to do bigger and better and more awesomer things. So talk a little bit. Maybe let's go to the way, way back and let's talk about where you grew up. You have a really fun background. Yeah. Tell us about it. No, I, I consider myself a Davis County kid. You know, my parents were divorced. So mom was more up towards Davis High School area. Uh, and my mom, uh, dad was down towards Bountiful High School area. So I, I, I really grew up across the county. Mm. So that's where I'm from originally. And you're right. Uh, we do go back. Uh, it was honestly the perfect job right out of, out of college. I just graduated from the University of Utah, was interning in Washington, D.C. And I was fortunate enough to get an offer to come back and work with then Lieutenant Governor Cox. I don't know if you remember this, Abby, but we actually first met uh, when the day that Spencer was appointed as Lieutenant Governor and they had the press conference in the gold room and they came back. I just remember looking and he was like deer in the headlights that day. <laughs> I think we all were. <laughs> and you were you were at his side and your kids were so small then. And uh, this was the fresh new Lieutenant Governor. And uh, I remember saying hi and getting to know him a little bit, but then I, I was finishing up my internship. But then came full circle and I got to work with him every day for two years. So, and in that mix meant baseball games with you. Uh, it meant us coordinating on a lot of, uh, cool work activities. So yeah, that's just a kind of little path to getting to where we are now, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Uh, I do remember that that was a crazy day. Uh, the day we, that he was appointed, um, we were, we were very dear in the headlights. We had no (laughs) idea what was, what was happening. And there's this picture I think I'll always treasure of that moment. Kind of, uh, it was a, a little snapshot. Well, it was a snapshot of in time of of my kids at that age, and they were little. And I remember there's a it's Emma Kate, her daughter is sitting there on the little chair. I mean, she was six. Her little 
and for perspective, she's 16, so it was 10 years ago, mm-hmm. and her little feet dangling off the chair and uh, my kids sitting there. And I remember just having this time where I was like, you know, I have three boys, so I they're crazy. And I think Gav was like um, 14, 13, 14. And um, so then, you know, every two years, the other the other boys. And it was a crazy, crazy time. But I remember just being like, don't mess up. Don't say anything. You know, like Gavin is just always in trouble. Like, he's always mischievous. And so I'm like, I'm just trying to like get through this press conference without some catastrophe with the kids. <laughs> it was a crazy time. I can I can imagine. I remember, you know, we've all uh, many of us have heard the stories of how. Spencer was selected and kind of the process of how that unfolded. But, man, I think the state really lucked out in getting you two uh, in public service. And so now you're, you're still around 10 years later. I yeah, love it. Yeah, that's very kind of you. No, let's go. Let's go back, though. Let, so you you got finished. You started there. Uh, where have you gone since then? You, le- you left us. <laughs> you left us sort of midway through. I'm trying to remember what year that was that you left. And then we got a new... New assistant. Yeah, so 2017 is when I left. You know, it's the thing is, I feel like in a lot of my uh, professional opportunities, there seems to be like a, a point where you kind of feel like you've done what you can do, mm-hmm. uh, and also that you've probably done, you've probably provided whatever service you can provide yeah. in that capacity. And it kind of felt like that moment with with the Lieutenant Governor's office, and I, I went to Qualtrics actually. Uh, it's you know, the Lieutenant Governor and I at that time had toured their new campus, had met uh, with the leadership uh, there. And it just kind of, you know, uh, caught my attention, this mm-hmm. cool, fun tech company. And I would had all this experience in government, you know, a lot of internships uh, and then that job there in the governor's office. And I thought, well, why don't I try my hand at the private sector and, and check out, you know. And actually this... make some money. <laughs> there, there is that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it's a dirty little secret, but also it provides connections. Yeah. So that's what's great. No, exactly. And so that's, I was at Qualtrics and then from there uh, got an itch for grad school. Actually, I'll, I'll, I lied. I had an itch for grad school when I was in the governor's office. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting there searching different graduate schools uh, for international affairs. And uh, after about two years at Qualtrics, I just said, you know what? I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, applied to three schools, went to what was considered my top school and got my, my graduate degree in uh, this It's space. a little place that not many of you have heard, probably, Columbia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, New York City during the pandemic. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's when you were. Th- it's so crazy. I How, know. Tell us about that. Yeah. So what's crazy is that I, I made this big, bold decision to go get student loan debt and uh, pursue a, a graduate degree that I'll, obviously I was interested in, but didn't know exactly what application would have, uh, whether that was in the foreign policy side or, or international business. But yeah, no, I, I went there. In fact, actually, we, we crossed paths again uh, mm-hmm. before that. Uh, Spencer and you had announced your campaign uh, for for governor, and we started the 248 tour. Yep, you were on that with us. Yeah, (laughs) and so just before leaving uh, for graduate school, I got a little campaign experience there with you two, uh, going around to different towns and cities uh, around the state, uh, starting the campaign. But then, yes, I, I did take a hiatus, left, went off to New York, and was there just, you know, steeped in study for two semesters, well, one and a half until the pandemic hit. Um, and actually, I, I flew home with a duffel bag uh, just for a family vacation, and then the world shut down. Wow. So I ended up living back in my dad's house for the summer uh, and got back into the campaign work with you uh, there. But 
then I, I said, you know what, even if classes are going to be online, I want to be in New York City. I want to be with my peers. I want to be as as close, as proximate as I could be <laughs> to what I'm doing. So I decided to go back and I, I did a lot of coursework out of an, out of uh, apartments uh, in, um, in New York. In New York. But, you know, the city really, just to, to, to your point of how was that, you know, New York during the pandemic really has kind of uh, uh, it's an historical thing, what, what we saw and witnessed there with just the mass uh, amounts of people that were uh, going through severe illness and 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 it was, you know, just the images on the TV. But then really the city, and this is what I think is uh, a real testament to people, this, the city really morphed. Uh, mm-hmm. It said, you know what, we're, we do have very severe restrictions, but we can be outside. Uh, mm-hmm. We can dine outside. We can spend time in parks. So you should have seen New York uh, without tourists. Uh, yeah. But the parks and the outdoor eating areas were, were full and lively and mm-hmm. I had just the best of times, truly. Mm. Oh, I love that. Well, you know, we were in New York... I mean, I think it was shortly after a lot of the restrictions had been lifted. And I remember like it was crazy. It was still it was still like you're trying to show cards at the restaurants, you know, the vaccine cards and some restaurants did. And so I mean, it was it was crazy. But I saw a little bit of that. Also, even now, I, th- I think this is really interesting that a lot of cities um, we, we were talking to people in London and, and some of these other big cities that we've been to across the world. And it was there. What we heard is most of them are still down about 30 percent of people because people a lot of people didn't come back to the offices. So a lot of these high rise buildings, these office buildings in New York and other places like that really don't aren't back back, which I think is really fascinating because you uh, Salt Lake is up 30 percent. I don't. I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, reshuffling occurred. You know, I know yeah. there was an exodus from New York to Florida. Uh, a lot of people wanted the open, more open space, less restrictions, uh, lower taxes. So I do think, and you know, we talk about this a lot. You know, as far as state policy, but mm-hmm. the impacts of people moving in. You know, I quote this stat all the time that over the census, twenty ten to twenty twenty, uh, Utah was the fastest growing state, eighteen point four percent growth. Yeah. Um, and that is just that that if you start to play that out, what that means, right, on transportation, what that means mm-hmm. for water, what that means for housing. Yeah, no, there was definitely a reshuffling. And I can tell you just an anecdotal uh, story. I had friends who took advantage of the uh, uh, of people leaving the city. And during college, they were getting uh, crazy ch- cheap rents in Soho, wow. you know, yeah. or the West Village, some of these just glitzy, glamoury places in the city that you would never be able to live as a yeah. student uh, if it were not for a pandemic. So yeah, there's definitely been a shuffle uh, both then and, and that's continued in some to some degree. Yeah. And I think we saw that too with education. Um, a lot of people were leaving, you know, you talk about sunshine and lower taxes and different, you know, being outside and those kinds of things. We we have a little bit of that there here. Not We don't have the beaches and the stuff that they have in Florida. But mountains, of course. We have mountains and, yeah. and all those kinds of things. But, um, you know, what we, you know, heard from a lot of folks is and, and we, I think we've seen this in the in the numbers as well. Is that you know that because our schools were open, um, there's a lot of places in New York, Virginia. We had a lot of people come from Virginia, you know, DC area and stuff, where the schools were still closed, especially all during like the end of 2020 and 2021. And we had a lot of people that came here that either had second homes in in Park City or, and then and we've just they've just stayed. 
And, and that's what's crazy because our growth is, is I mean, they didn't go back. <laughs> no, I mean, people joke all the time as immigrants to Utah that, you know, once you get a taste, it's so hard to leave it. Um, and so that's that's what we're seeing. <laughs> yeah. And Which causes its own, you know, unique set of challenges. It does. And, you know, your your administration, uh, the focus away from, quote unquote, development to, quote unquote, opportunity, mm-hmm. um, I think that's key. And so what can we do to, to utilize uh, these new people and also make sure that everyone still has the same opportunities and yeah. even better opportunities than before? And the quality of life still stays high. Exactly. You know, that that's always a that's always in the forefront of our minds is, you know, making sure that um, that it's still attractive because even when all these other people come and, you know, making sure that we still live the way we want to live and, and that kind of thing. So it's, it's been great. Yep. So, okay. So then you got back from, from Columbia and, and then what? Yeah. You know, I, at Columbia, my studies were a lot in, in diplomacy in war. Um, and, and so I, I just anticipated, uh, you know, going to Washington DC, mm-hmm. uh, I figured, uh, that's where I'd end up. I actually had a few, you know, uh, prospective jobs. Um, and so it was kind of waiting through uh, the decision what to do after after grad school in New York. And uh, I'd had this great mentor uh, throughout uh, grad school, even before. And that was Miles Hansen, which mm-hmm. is the CEO at World Trade Center here. He had spent time in the Foreign Service and then in the National Security Council uh, in the in the um, White House. And so he had recommended Columbia to me. He'd mentored me throughout the process. He caught wind that I was open to moving back to Utah and uh, essentially pulled me aside and said, Hey, what, what do you think about joining World Trade Center? And it was a bit of a, a leap of faith in that. I just, I was more, uh, I was ready for an experience, you know, on the national stage, right? Because I study international affairs and states do a lot of engagement, but, you know, as you know, uh, the governor, uh, you know, engages from a state level, uh, but he's not involved in foreign policy decisions really uh, at the large, um, uh, you know, at the higher levels. And so that's where I thought I'd be. I ended up here and uh, it's been a wild ride. The last two years, I just hit my two year mark. So I, I would not have, uh, I would not have expected even a fraction of the experiences I've had. And so it ended up being a really good decision uh, to come back. And uh, so far, so good. Oh, I love that. That's so fun. You always kind of end up where you're supposed to be or, or you know, at least in this moment. So we're we're really excited to have to have you here and, and have you back. Um, and I want to talk a little bit more about what World Trade Center is and what it does and what you've been up to when we come right back. We're back here on First Lady and Friends and we're talking to Stephen Lefevre. He's the chief of staff at World Trade Center. We've been world traveling together and it's been really great. Stephen's a great friend, great human, and uh, we've, we've had a lot of fun together. Uh, like I said, these I want to get into World Trade Center because I don't think very many people know that we have a World Trade Center Utah. Um, so talk maybe a little bit about what World Trade Center is how it's connected with the one that people probably know more in New York, um, or at least World Trade Center buildings they've heard of, obviously, from 9-11. Um, but talk a little bit about what, what World Trade Center is here in Utah and what your mission is. Well, likely uh, when you hear World Trade Center, you think you know what you're thinking about. Um, and so that's a blessing and a curse, right? Yeah. Because World Trade Center has a ubiquitous brand. Everyone seems to know it. I mean, it's also three words that if you just think about it and have some common sense, yeah. you can put together. Um, but really what's the curse part of that is World Trade Centers are all very different. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially what happens is you franchise rights to the brand. 
Um, and then you are essentially a startup, right? You're your own nonprofit to do with it as you will. A lot of World Trade Centers are actually real estate plays. That's why New York City, the World Trade Center buildings, right? The, they become uh, they rent the buildings out to companies, and it's you know essentially a, a place for trade. Uh, and different World Trade Centers have different models. We started about 15 years ago. The governor at the time, uh, you know, thought we should think more globally uh, and get a little more private sector focus on 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 international business and so we started it then uh and since then we're we're uh about to get our fourth ceo Mm -hmm. and so each ceo has kind of built it up uh over the course of 15 years and so what we are and very simply is we are the a trade promotion agency that's contracted by the state of utah so we work with the governor's office we work with the legislature to do trade promotion for the state uh that's both the state um, as a whole, but also individual companies within the state. On the other side of the equation, we're a business organization. So we have members like a, like a chamber of commerce in some ways. Uh, and we work with any and all Utah businesses we can to help them along their international growth journey. And so that's kind of what we are fundamentally, a trade promotion agency in an a international business organization. Yeah, and it's, I think that's great. I'm so glad you explained that because, I mean, even I've been working at with you a long time and that's starting to make sense based on what I know about you. <laughs> um, but, you know, great people. And Miles, you talked about Miles being a mentor, just a great human. Um, we're going to miss him there. And, and But I think your, your new guy is going to be amazing because I know him as well. Um, but let's talk a little bit about these trade missions. I, You know, it's interesting. We were in this last trade mission and in England and Paris – um, or France. And I thought it was really interesting that, you know, maybe talk a little bit about the shift in, and maybe the role that, that states are playing in trade, maybe because of some of the log jams, I, maybe I'll call it, I'll try to be nice about it at the federal level with trade. Um, and, and kind of what that means for states maybe taking on, I mean, cause we signed, some yeah agreements with these countries as a, as a state to to do trade so we're a little bit bypassing the federal mess and and trying to just kind of contract i mean i think countries maybe you can explain it countries are going to states to try to do that yeah so i mean there's maybe two ways to look at it i think for as long as i've been around or anybody else uh states are very proactive in engaging the world essentially saying build build your fra- factory in my state yeah. open your office in my state right so there's this uh co- competition among states to go and get some of these great international companies uh, or investments for example so there's th- that's one end of the equation that's why we do trade missions it's not just competitive we're also trying to put Utah on the map right so a place like France maybe is aware of New York City they're aware of Los Angeles maybe Austin Texas or something but Maybe Utah hasn't registered. And so a lot of the development of that trade mission is helping them understand that Utah is one of the best states for business, one of the best states for uh, startups, et cetera, just kind of helping them frame in their mind Utah as a place to, to look to uh, and, and potentially explore opportunities. And the other side of the equation, which you're referring to, um, and this was very stark with uh, with the United Kingdom, uh, they had a big thing called Brexit occur. And so with, with their... Uh, vote to leave the European Union, um, they're a bit in a, a, they're in a weird spot 
when it comes to trade uh, because uh, they now have to go and engage as the United Kingdom and not as part of the EU bloc. And so essentially they made a decision uh, while they're still negotiating Brexit that in the United States primarily they should go engage states directly because there's not been passed a UK-US tr- uh, free trade agreement. Uh, that's un- that's something that people are working on, but it hasn't moved much. So they essentially picked a, a handful of states they want to go and proactively build relationships with, and Utah was one of them. And so that's been the, M- the MOU that you signed uh, in London uh, which was, it was a really cool setting. You were in the old Admiralty building, which yeah. is Winston Churchill's old office. And so really cool setting, re- great, great photo op and the opportunity to kind of showcase this, you know, budding relationship between Utah and the UK. So yeah, there's that, that you can kind of come at it from both angles, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think it's been a really interesting eye opening for me. I think it's fascinating. I'm absolutely fascinated with with the work that's going on with World Trade Center and how that connects with the state and the things that we're trying to get done. Um, so sometimes I think people have the mistaken idea that these are these are vacations. <laughs> and let me just uh, maybe just talk a little bit about uh, like a, from a scheduling perspective, because it's crazy what you guys put together and um i don't think we had like two minutes that we sat down for about two weeks but talk a little bit about that scheduling and how these these trade missions kind of come about yeah i mean uh various ways they do come about you know for example we're heading to mexico uh, later this year that's yeah and i will say with mexico is really interesting we went to mexico last year and we had such an interesting uh we had interesting conversations and we had interesting work that we did there and i think spencer and i w- walked away from that and our, our i think our both of our respective teams walked away from it and said we probably need to because it was such a great um, connecting point and there's so many businesses that kind of want to come out of of Asia and get some of their manufacturing and things out of uh, different areas in, 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 in China and stuff like that. Mexico is such a great place for that and we started to make those connections. And, and so I think going back to Mexico was very intentional. That's we don't usually go to the same places and we try to like make sure that we're making different connections. But anyway, I just wanted to clarify. That's why we're going back to Mexico. Yeah, no good. And um, so I, to that point, uh, the reason we are doing Mexico is that's leadership on behalf of you and governor Cox, right? It's a, something you view as an important priority for the state for various reasons. One of which is that our largest immigrant uh, community is from Mexico, right? So, I mean, there's a constituency element to this, I'm sure, uh, as well as uh, just a lot of the great uh, potential business relationships and, and, and whatnot. So yes, that I'm, I'm, that's a good way to showcase why you might go somewhere. Mexico, that's, that's the why the why with the UK and France was various reasons. One was that uh, they, been courting us for two years on this MOU. Uh, you know, London is a very attractive market because they speak our same language. Uh, they act, interact in business very similar to us. So London's always been an attractive place. And so I think there was a lot of pent up demand for, for going there. France was around the air show, which we go to uh, pr- uh, quite a bit. And so uh, the governor had had mentioned wanting to build out around the air show and, and yeah. be able to utilize that opportunity to engage more broadly. So there's different whys in, in what you do uh, and in where you pick to go. Um, but to your to your first question about it being a boondoggle, for example, <laughs> um, yeah these um, these are intensive. Uh, these are designed for impact. Uh, they are they're months and months of planning. 
Um, and of course, they're also a little fun. Uh, mm. Why not? Why shouldn't they be fun? But no, I think uh, you'll see we every after every trade mission, we uh, produce a report essentially or a, a recap next steps document uh, that is public. Uh, you, you can see them. Uh, and that shows just the volume of meetings we have, the substantial partners we're engaging with, the really deep dive conversations we're having. And uh, we also report on, out on business opportunities that come out of these. And so uh, it's it's very clear we can we can show you that these are uh, they're meant for impact. And uh, we have a lot of, uh, of of we've got a lot we can tell you if, if you want to ask us about them, because we we don't we don't think at all that they're a boondoggle. Yeah, no, I, you know, that's one one thing we've gotten. But really, for the most part, I think people understand that. Um strategically you know again we 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 work on we we try to strategically find these places where we have the most impact and connection and the things we can learn and that they can learn from us we did one last fall to Israel and the UAE and so maybe i guess to me that was it was fascinating and one of the big things besides the business connections that you all have and 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 that we're you know again those those connections with legislators those connections with with businesses in the state the this the state itself um, making those connections with different government en- entities there one of the things I thought was really interesting um, with the Israel and and um, when we spent time in Dubai uh, it was the water issue so we were there last year and you think about what was going on last year we hadn't we were going into this fall of where we'd had just terrible drought for the last several years and just the really tough water situation we're in, the Great Salt Lake, everything's happening. And I I think it was really so many great conversations about the water. Talk a little bit about maybe some of the stuff that we did around water there. Yeah. um, You know, so the Unified Economic Opportunity Commission, which meets, and that goes to our earlier discussion on development versus opportunity. Um, There's been a shift and under Governor Cox with uh, Speaker Wilson and, and President Adams, their leadership is, is is saying, let's be unified and let's work together to make sure we're taking care of the biggest problems that face our state. Water's a big one. Uh, and we've seen a lot of activity around the Great Salt Lake recently. Um, I think with uh, our trip to the Middle East, uh, there was an assumption that we had some things to learn, right? Mm-hmm. You look at Israel, for example, and they do a lot of desalination. Um, so they're able to get a lot of water through that process. Unfortunately, we don't have that the ability to do that here. Um, but, you know, California does. Mm-hmm. And so you, you start thinking through unique ways to fix your water problems and you see how other people are tackling these, these issues. Um, and so I wasn't along in a lot of the water meetings, uh, but I can say that uh, we do uh, as a, as a, benefit of these trips beyond business connections, we do try and look for ways to learn from the places we go, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're doing things, uh, you know, for example, France has a lot of nuclear uh, yeah. energy. So we're trying to see if we can't learn uh, from what they're doing uh, and apply some of that here in, in, in Utah, because uh, for all the innovation that comes out of this state, there's a whole world out there that has yeah. a lot of innovation too, that we can hopefully absorb uh, and, and maybe make our own if you can. Yeah. I love it. I mean, you know, our, our goal here, especially, uh, you know, in my, <laughs> in my world is to get proximate and to, uh, learn, you know, from people that have a different story and, and it's unique. I, I've loved the opportunities. I mean, and, and of course we, we, on first lady and friends, we had a, you know, we did a podcast, um, with our friend Deanna Davison and, um, 
in the UK, and it was it's really fun to get to know somebody that you know in in, in the in the government there, and and this woman who's young and and working on things, and and it was really fascinating to me. Um, it, it, I will say just as a an aside that you know we did that podcast. And and you would put it up on our socials and, you know, I put it up and I shared it on mine and I started getting all these like really negative, nasty comments from I'm assuming her constituents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, we all have the same problem, right? <laughs> Bless her heart for doing this. And I, you know, proud of her for 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 doing what she's doing. Um, she's working really hard. And, um, you know, I don't really know a lot of her political affiliations, but I just thought, well, well, we all have to work on this disagreeing better, right? <laughs> yeah, we do disagree better. And also the fact that, you know, around the world we have these government systems, you know, that uh, allow for constituencies to be loud, to be vocal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, that's one of the things that is is so great about our system is it allows us to have that disagreement, um, but it doesn't have to turn into disdain or yeah. or anything of that nature. I know that's a big focus uh, yeah. that you're, you're working on is how to disagree better, yep. how to... Yep. And, you know, that the, the, just kind of hearkening back a little bit to our conversation of my time in New York, that was what was so fascinating. I was going from liberal New York to conservative Utah, mm-hmm. and I have friends in both places, and I would have all these conversations, and I would I would find myself kind of learning the counter-talking points to the other. Yeah. <laughs> Those are great skills to have, though, it, right? It was very interesting. I'd come back to Utah with talking points from my friends on the left, and I'd say, well, have you thought about this? Yeah. And so that was that was interesting. So No, I love that. I actually really love that. We've, we've as we've been talking about this disagreeing better with the with the National Governors Association and, and our chairship there, um, it really, it's, we were, we were thinking about, of course, I always think about kids and getting upstream of the problems because I think adults sometimes are too hard to work with. So I always think about kids because <laughs> they're, they're certainly better at some of this stuff than we are. And, um, talk about the, the curriculum. And, and what we know is that when kids learn, you know, you think about your high school day. I don't know. I never did speech and debate. I wish I would have. But, you know, those speech and debate skills where you have to take somebody else's point of view or, you know, just some you get there's two sides to a thing and you get just randomly assigned one of those sides. Whether you believe it or not, you have to argue for that side and you have to figure it out. So so actually learning somebody else's perspective helps in, you know, first of all, it probably helps to, to you know, solidify your own if if and if not, you know, you may. Fine, they can persuade you. <laughs> if you want to, and, you, and changing your mind is great. That means you're learning. No, I agree. All, all, all true. And that's the some of the stuff we learn when we're abroad too, right? And yeah. back to your conversation with Dana Davison, um, that her, uh, she's a part of the ministry of leveling up, right? Yeah. And yep. so um, that's a lot of uh, what she's focused on is how to help people on the margins. And uh, that's one of the things I appreciate about you. Uh, the show up initiative, the first lady's team, uh, you have a great team, all the work that you put into and you, you're, we just saw some of the heart on your sleeve there, or heard some of the heart on your sleeve there with kids. Um, and I saw an action also with, with special Olympians and you just go down the list and there are just so many people that we can care about. Yep. Um, and they're all over the world and they're also here at home. Yep. No, I love that. Okay. We're going to take a break and, uh, be right back. We're back here with Stephen Lefevre, Chief of Staff to World Trade Center. Uh, World Trade Center is getting some uh, uh, new leadership. Are you excited? Like, what what happens when you get a new director? 
this is literally bittersweet. Yeah. Um, I'd mentioned my um, appreciation, uh, my respect uh, for Miles Hansen and Jonathan Friedman, who is our new incoming CEO. I didn't know if it. I didn't know if I dared to say it. I don't know if it had been announced yet. <laughs> it's announced. We're okay. we're good to go. In fact, we had our board meeting yesterday to make it official. So we're moving forward. He'll start officially on July thirty first. But um, yeah, you know, Miles, great mentor. Wish him all the best in what he does next. You know, he spent five years here building uh, a lot, of, doing a lot of that inst- institution building that I mentioned before and helping kind of solidify some of what World Trade Center does and kind of expanding into some new areas. And so, um, but with Jonathan, he's someone I've gotten to know cr- pretty well over the last year. Um, and a lot of that's around Ukraine. Yep. Uh, he is the honorary consul and has been for about 15 years. So he's he never knew that that he was actually going to have to do some major lifting in that in that role. I don't think I mean, it's honorary for a reason, and, <laughs> but he's actually been pivotal in the stuff we've done with Ukraine. He's amazing. Yeah. For 13 years, uh, he probably did very yeah. little, uh, you know, once in a while, a passport issue or, or yeah. something. But the last two, he's been busy. In fact, I remember talking to him earlier, uh, right uh, near the full, the start of the full scale invasion in February of 2022. And he said he was getting just dozens and dozens of applications to go join the legions. Wow. So Utah's wanting to go fight on the front lines out in Ukraine. So that was, I'm sure, a very unique experience. But yeah, Jonathan got to know him really really well and did so uh, in a very unique trip to Ukraine that we did back in May. Uh, so spent a week traveling from Warsaw into Kiev and back out. We had to do that by bus uh, crossing the border because you can't fly directly into Ukraine. So yeah, I've spent uh, some time with him already. I, I, I think uh, very highly of him, similar to the way I do about Miles. And so we're going to be have, we're going to we're going to be in good hands. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, our board uh, is very uh, very much looking forward to, to serving with him and to supporting him. Um, and Miles is also a board member now, so he'll continue to do that. So, yeah, looking forward to having Jonathan start more in full in a week or so. Yeah, let's let's go back to Miles. I have to say, like, Miles is probably, I mean, we've spent a lot of time in conversation during these trade missions. And, like, Miles is somebody that I just really, really admire. He's he's exactly what you, you talked about. Like, he's he's learned so much from the 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 experiences he's had overseas, a lot of in the Middle East, in in Qatar or Qatar, he says he pronounces <laughs> it Qatar, so I'll say it that way. Um, a lot of he's lived a lot of really interesting places in the Middle East and around Asia. Um, I just think he's he just has an incredible skill set and and just like one of the most genuinely good humans I've ever met. Fantastic. Everything you say is true. I want. I want to read his memoir someday. I know. You know. I hear. I hear <laughs> stories here and there of him and his wife Sienna backpacking across Afghanistan or uh, getting their their uh, their camera taken away in Iran uh, because it had uh, photos of things that were were secretive um, mm. or being requested, I guess, by by government officials. So just really fun things yeah. that I'm sure if you were to unpack, uh, a lot of good nuggets. Yeah, in I'll buy that book. <laughs> I will buy that book. <laughs> Yeah, he's great. And and again, Jonathan, Jonathan Friedman, again, a dear friend who's been on some of these trade missions, too. I mean, he was in Mexico with us and um, just a just a stellar human. He and his wife, Leanne, are just dear friends. Um, so maybe let's let's talk a little bit about what do, where do you think this goes from here? Where do you what are, where does this go for you and where does it go for World Trade Center? 
Yeah, um, you know, I've spent a lot of time in the political arena, and the political answer is, you know, I'm I'm really happy where I'm at. I'm going to continue doing my best uh, to serve World Trade Center, and a lot of that is true. Truthfully, yeah. I, I'm, uh, you know, that uh, Europe Trade mission was taxing. Yeah. Uh, we had a lot of people and a lot of moving parts. This uh, Mexico trade mission, I think, will be a, a little bit more uh, targeted, more focused, and that mm-hmm. I think I'm looking forward to. But truthfully, uh, the reason I'm in this job, my why, if you will, is that uh, I actually uh, kind of my interest was sparked when I was uh, in the lieutenant governor's office. You know, in that capacity, Spencer would host different dignitaries. Mm-hmm. I just love that exchange, the ability yeah. to for Utah to engage the world. And so in this capacity, I get to do that every day. And I get to do that uh, in so many. I've had so many interesting stories, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's hosting uh, uh, what's now become a, a very well-known China conference, uh, and a lot of people uh, in the in DC and elsewhere know about it, where we had different experts, in, including our board chair, uh, who's former ambassador to China, speak to the current state of U.S.-China relations, which are a hot button issue, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you know, and what or or our our very whirlwind trip to, through Ukraine, mm-hmm. um, and so just. That I, as a Utahan, you know, we, we started with my roots in Davis County. I'm from Utah. You know, I, I love this state. So for me to go and help the world understand that Utah can punch above its weight, mm-hmm. that we have a lot to offer, and conversely, that we have a lot to go learn from mm-hmm. the world, that I can be kind of in the middle of that is just, it's it's really thrilling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I don't anticipate uh, moving on uh, just yet. Uh, I definitely want to see... Uh, Jonathan in action because I, I think he has a lot to bring our organization. Mm-hmm. He has a business background, right? Miles, for all of his all of his pros uh, and and positives, he uh, you know he his background is in is in diplomacy, yeah. um, and he really learned. And I saw this; he learned business very well. So mm-hmm. it's something it's he, he definitely now knows. But Jonathan has been steeped in it. He started a business. Uh, he's I, uh, traveled the world from aloof, mm-hmm. you know, India, China, Mexico, et cetera. So I think he has a lot to bring to the table and I, I have a lot to learn from him. Um, and we love uh, working together with the governor's team. We love working together with the legislature. We love working together with, I was just in our board meeting talking to Jeremy Andrus, the mm-hmm. CEO of Traeger Grills, right? Mm-hmm. We just get to work with really cool people to, yeah. to, to share Utah's message with the world. And so that, that to me, uh, I, I I really love it. I love that. That's so cool. Okay, before I let you go, I want to tell. I want you to talk a little bit more. We've we've you've mentioned it briefly, but this trip to Ukraine was pretty incredible. Um, maybe just a couple of highlights. I mean, I know you met President Zelensky, um, and um, you you took some Utah companies are doing some really great things. Maybe just talk a little bit about. Um, the situation there and and maybe where you see it going. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You know, as uh, someone who studied international affairs, you know, funny enough, my last paper in grad school, I was, it was a paper advising Zelensky on what to do in the Donbass. This was pre full scale invasion, but so it's something I'd actually studied academically before. Wow. Uh, and then when the full scale invasion happened, I was able to think back through a lot of my studies. Um, and we actually had a board meeting that morning and it just was wild to think that this actually happened. Uh, I, I, I think what, uh, from a, on a personal level, what really got to me was if you understand the, uh, the magnitude of the decision that Ru- Russia made, mm-hmm. uh, that President Putin made uh, in invading uh, a sovereign country that is Ukraine, it's just this is stuff that we haven't seen in 50 plus years. And so I think that is just it really 
you know, seared in people's minds, including my own. So long story short, uh, you know, we held the rally at the Capitol. Governor yeah. Cox, Owen Fuller, um, Jonathan Friedman, others were engaged in showing solidarity with Ukraine. You know, these are our fellow people. These yeah. are our, 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 our brothers, our sisters. A lot of them have, have roots uh, or connections to Utah. And so we wanted to show our solidarity. We lit up the Capitol. Uh, Vivint Arena was lit up in, in blue and gold. Um, and so the, by the way, the gold is for the wheat fields mm-hmm. and the blue is for the sky. Yeah. And so that, I guess maybe we'll segue into the trip. We had to bus in to Kiev from Warsaw. And so just after crossing the border and finally being in Ukraine, after having watched, uh, all the events unfold for a few, for a year or so on the television, uh, just being there and, and looking out and seeing that this is, this is a country in war, mm-hmm. um, and that was palpable. That was uh, in your face because you had an air, air raid siren app on your phone and it would go off multiple mm. times a day, essentially saying shelter. There is some type of object in the air, whether it's a drone or a missile. And so um, that was something we all got used to doing is, mm. is responding to those apps and so uh, our app alerts. So, yeah, we had a group of about 30 of us. We went in. We, we met with about 10 government ministers uh, and really were engaging as much as we could. And eventually it led to us uh, having a, a sit down with the president and his team. And um, I just, my takeaway is that these are some scrappy people. Mm. They are looking for opportunities amidst every challenge. Mm. Um, these are people that so badly want to be more like us mm. uh, Americans. And, and so um, I'm rooting for them um, unapologetically. I know there's some politics to this, but I think it's in our interest, our national interest for us to to continue to root for them, to help them where we can. And so I understand, again, I, I've studied this. I understand there are tripwires. I understand there are, are difficulties and complexities to this and mm-hmm. the way that the, the president and, and our, our U.S. foreign policy apparatus kind of approaches this. Um, but that all being said, um, President Zelensky in that meeting looked like a tired man, mm. a determined man, and a humble man. And so I just – I think uh, my my general thoughts are that we have a lot to learn from Ukraine and that engagement uh, is continuing. Uh, we anticipate inbound visits from, for example, their Minister of Digital Transformation – Crazy to think that uh, Ukraine is actually ahead of us in some ways. Uh, you don't yeah. you don't realize this, but they're and this is something Owen Fuller is working a lot on. But they have uh, a state system where passports are digital, for example. Mm. Right? We don't have that, yeah. um, and so uh, it's it's crazy to think that they're ahead of us in some ways. So, Minister of Digital Transformation, we would hope to to have him here. We've already started having return visits that are more targeted mm-hmm. uh, in certain areas, and so I do see us having a, a really great relationship going forward. And uh, we really put Utah on the map. Yeah. Uh, they started to realize that Utah cares about them and loves them. And I'm, I'm glad to have been a part of that and had great p- partners in doing that, including President Adams and, mm-hmm. and others who showed that Utah is a loving, caring place. Yeah, oh, I love that. And, you know, there's so many connections, like you said. I mean, I just think, um, you know, I, I saw that as a little, little tiny bit of when what we how we were involved. But. Yeah, I think good people everywhere across this globe, and, and the more we get to know them, we we have this shared humanity, and we can always work together on on these things. So, thank you again for being here. Uh, thanks for for telling your story. We loved having you, and um, uh, on to the next trade mission. Let's uh, do it. Here we go. Thanks, <laughs> thanks David. Bye bye. You can find more information about World Trade Center Utah at wcutah.com.
Thanks for being a friend.